1: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even
0: visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the Paramount podcast network i am mike Casaza, welcoming in chris anderson chris 65 to 7 west virginia beats Towson,
2: and that'll about wrap it up for today we'll talk to you next time i think that about covers it right i mean i don't you usually i when we do these podcasts and as the game's going on I, i'm sure you do the same thing but i write down notes at different points of what's going on add to them subtract from them you know continue the list going Uh, Sometimes those notes end up a page long on a Word document. Today, uh, four lines, three and a half lines, maybe. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, you know, I mean, it it is what we thought it was. It looked good. Things looked good. Um, But seriously, in all seriousness, was there anything you actually took from this? Like that was positive that you took from this game that you saw? Uh, First win in 295
1: days. (laughs) That's one way to put it. Had to have one. I mean, had to. And and again, this this pops up at a good time. But um, I would say that first half is probably about as well as they can play. As they could be expected to play. I'm not saying that was a good half of football against a quality opponent, but scored a touchdown every or scored every time they had the ball. I think did they get a touchdown? I can't remember. Um, but anyway, scored every time they had the ball. Got nothing from the defense. It's 35 to seven at one point. Um, and the, the yards are like 315 to 12, first downs or 17 to 0. Um, I mean, everything was – the plays were 43 to 12. That's what you're supposed to do, and we don't think this team was necessarily wired the right way at the start of the season for one reason or another. There was a short circuit here or there, and and then, listen, we asked a legitimate question at the end of our preview podcast. Is it right to assume that they're going to enjoy all the trappings of an FBS, a Power 5 program against an FCS team, and we both were like, yeah, probably, but now we have that answer. Like, It's not so broken that you can't pencil them in for the most automatic thing at this level of football, which is that you should be able to stomp an FCS team. And this team may not be perfect. It certainly has flaws. We saw fewer than today. Perhaps some were ironed out, but stomped an FCS team. I think, again, relative to expectations, that first half was probably about as good as you could you could see
2: and expect, I would think. Yes, here West Virginia's drives offensively: touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. Ten for ten. Not literally, not even you know the old ah. Well, don't count that kneel down at the end of the half. No, just score, score, score. That was it. So, mm-hmm. um, offensively, yeah, it it like this. Okay, what can you take from the FCS opponent? You're supposed to beat them like this, and they did, and that's good. That's positive. That's positive. Like you said, there there was no lingering effects from the loss. It didn't seem like, Mm -hmm. and offensively, and Neil Brown said it in the postgame. They've stacked three very impressive offensive performances in a row. Offensively, there is a lot to like about this team. A whole lot. I do have one question mark, and we'll get to it in a minute. But this is a. Uh, I don't want to go, I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, if you put this offense with a very good defense, this is a conference conference champion contending team. You know, offense, excuse me, a conference championship contending offense. Got to figure everything else out, of course. Um, defense, it was nice to see them come out. They, like, they came out with energy, and they came out uh, ready to compete, that front six. I, I like that they made changes. It has been one of my biggest gripes, Since Neil Brown arrived in Morgantown, I just don't feel that he makes the changes. He talks about changes. He sees things that are going wrong. There are certain players who struggle. And he seems reluctant to make those moves. He made those moves. He made them, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And we saw a new lineup. We saw new starters. We saw guys in new positions. We saw young guys get, not starter reps, but got in there pretty early. So I'm interested to see how that carries over against a Sorry, Towson, an actual opponent on mm-hmm. Thursday against Virginia Tech. But uh, some good things to take from from the energy and the changes that you saw on defense.
1: Yeah, let's get into that. To no surprise of anybody who's listening or reading, um, Sean Martin starts at defensive end. That's fine. I don't, there, there's no upvote, downvote based on what you saw there today. Curiously to me, they do follow through on the who was playing where at linebacker. Lee Koba stays in the middle. Actually, Caden Beiser ends up as a leading tackler for West Virginia, um, but not because Koba was bad. And then they make a a pretty peculiar switch. X-Ray Low starts at Will, and you think, okay, well, Dixon's had a bad run. He's the backup. No, Dixon is now a Spear. And Jasir Cox, who started the first game at Spear and played there with Davis Malinger in the second game, is now a backup Will and you're thinking, okay, uh, Malinger certainly will start at Spear. He's the guy who's been starting there, and if they move a guy from Will to Spear, then it's probably too early to assume that Dixon could do that. No, Dixon starts at Spear, and, and the explanation being that they're they're putting him on the wide side of the field because he's longer and he can run. Going to have to set edges and play the defense against the run better than maybe he has been, and then Cox is to back up right now, who can give you some flexibility, I think, in covered situations. Even though Lowe is a pretty versatile player, and, and kind of just did what you expect him to do in a game like today. They get maybe two tackles, but in position to do stuff. I don't know that we actually had that option on our bingo card, but it's a provocative solution to a problem that they have identified, which is that they need more of that speed and range out in the field side at Spear, and maybe Cox is too small for it. Dixon's bigger, and, and maybe Malander's not quite ready for that. Dixon's just more of a natural talent. Maybe this is where he's going to be permanently, and maybe he flourishes.
2: Yeah, that one kind of stunned me that that he was over there, not because I don't think he can do it. It's just hard to imagine and have these conversations about guys because we have discussed Dixon, you know, as Will, but they, somebody, the the idea of him playing on the inside, like at Mike, has been thrown about. The idea of maybe even him playing Bandit has been thrown about. But then you go the complete opposite direction, and suddenly he's playing Spear. And just a reminder to to those of you out there, like the Spear position – practices with the cornerbacks like so we're talking about a guy that you know was viewed as like an edge rushing linebacker is now you know working out at practice with the corners um but he's a talent and and he can do a lot of things and and yeah that's what neil brown said wants him out on the field side of, of the defense and hopefully that length can help uh you know cover up some of these running lanes that you're seeing for other teams We'll see against higher level competition if the athleticism or, or the ability to make plays or get off
1: blocks out in space is there. But for today, just they're the out athlete are pretty much position by position. That's good, I think. Um, obviously, remember we saw them get pushed around by the LIU defensive line last year. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't happen today. So those are good things too. Um, offensively, well, let me let me stop here for a second. When I put together my snap counts for a Sunday, do I put the spear? As a safety now, or is Dixon's inclusion there now, which is kind of against the grain, is that indicative of like, like a true hybrid, but not like necessarily the linebacker who's actually more of a safety. Here's a safety who's actually more of a linebacker. They have like two different types of players there now. It seems
2: like. Yeah, and this screams to me, and it kind of you, you got a hint of it from Brown when he said, "Hey, you know, this isn't completely unheard of with Dixon." That spear because he said they have done it in certain. I believe he said certain packages, certain looks, and it's kind of that thought of, you you know, if you're going with a say a pass heavy or a run heavy, and maybe you come with another corner, true cornerback type playing the spear. If you're going from another angle, you're trying to put another defense in there. Maybe you're going with more of a, a linebacker type that can give you a bigger defense that can play up closer to the line of scrimmage. So, I'm interested to see. Like you said, once they once they play a, a Power 5 opponent, how much of this is package-specific for Dixon being on the field?
1: You, you can have a package as your main defense. That'll be interesting because you're gonna see wide open offenses, we'll see. Um that, that may be the best way for them to go too. And it, it takes away a weakness, I think, that they have identified, or at least addresses it. We'll see. Uh let's get offense. Um, I think you can we can say that they were good today on offense, but I think you can see, as you said, this this has a chance to be a very, very good offense. And this probably indicates why, for example, Neil Brown, believe it or not, why he didn't go for on fourth and one against Pitt. Because even if Pitt does go down and score, you're gonna give the ball back to that offense that maybe would have gone down and scored if not for A really fluky player by maybe the best player on offense not named JT Daniels. And then you look at all the offensive exploits last week. Again, don't go for it um, for the touchdown because you might get a stop and you might get the ball back and you might be able to make up an 11-point deficit. And they did last week against Kansas. And then today, again, nine touchdowns and a field goal and ten possessions. There's only a little bit of room to eliminate to make that the maximum efficiency so they're very good on offense here and i think they can project that going forward texas had some good defensive statistics um offense not quite there so that'd be a good matchup for them too but to me and I, i asked brown about this and i think you could see it too that that offense kind of empowers them now in ways that had not happened before the quarterback is a game changer their running game can really i don't want to say can score from any spot in the field but you can certainly pop plays on handoffs now that we haven't seen before and the receivers there's a chance that you know there's a chance that they're gonna have some big numbers outside with Prather, it looks like and, and Ford Wheaton. That's a lot of the field you're covering, a lot of different ways to move the ball. But you could tell right away after that kickoff return touchdown, which we can spend some time on if you want to. I know it's an FCS team, but like it looked like they wanted to get back out there and be like, okay, fine, you messed with us. Here comes another, you know, touchdown drive. And I, I watched it. There was Daniels just kind of got his helmet and went to the sideline and was ready to go. There was no like there was no panic. There was no oh whoa. There's no Well, this is what happens to a team like this. It was just like, hey, our offense is actually adept at scoring the football. Watch us work. And that's what happened. And, again, that's a snapshot. I don't know how realistic it is, but that's the feeling I got watching because there was some adversity there, right? Right off the bat, some adversity. And the offense said, no, we got this. The defense may not be great. We got this. And they did. And the defense was fine today too, but that offense seems extremely
0: qualified.
2: one thing that bothered me about this team about this offense i think the offensive line I don't, I don't in this game when you talk about power 5 teams versus fcs opponents the biggest talent discrepancy is maybe quarterback but also on the offensive and defensive fronts those that is where the power 5 team dominates the fcs opponent And I feel like West Virginia won the battle pretty clearly, but they didn't dominate this one, especially early, especially with that first team. And I felt like you know, they were getting a little bit of pressure on JT Daniels. They were getting into the backfield a little bit. You saw them get mixed up, West Virginia's offensive line get mixed up, get called for a couple holds on a couple plays or or penalties for a couple plays there. And I just – it concerns me because now – you know, there was a solid effort against Pitt. I'm not sure they won that battle, but again, you're going up against you know all-American, all-conference guys. So I thought it was a it was a loss but a win kind of thing. Like they were they played well, but they didn't actually win the battle. Um, Kansas, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And then this, and and I'm I'm still waiting for that very good performance from this offensive line. They'll be as good as the right side is. That was
1: the story at the start of the year. It's the story three games in. Um, Jordan White dresses today. I believe, I think I read you when you said this, Chris, but Brown said on his radio show Thursday that White would play. It was Mm -hmm. just a matter of whether or not he would start or when they would get him in. I never saw him. I'll look at the game notes if they're accurate. I don't believe he played. Um, And they they start Hubbard. They play Yates. Uh, Yates got some left tackle reps because they wanted Hubbard to keep playing at right in the third quarter, and curious to me, two things very early on, because I would assume that West Virginia was confident this game would get out of hand because of their offense and the combination with their defense, which is what happened. But what happened? They started with two tight ends, and they made hay on the left side when they ran the ball. Um, I don't know if that's coincidental, if that's the way that the play is broke, if that's what the read was for the running back, but when the running back is on the right side of the quarterback and he keeps going left, or the running back is on the left side of the quarterback and he's darting left, and there's tight ends over there and there's a tight end who's sweeping over to get the backside and the right, you know, split zone stuff or whatever. Um, or if you cover the defensive end across the right tackle. My, my point being, they were conscious of the left side and trying to do things in the left. Um, I think that if White is good at right guard and their right guard, right tackle is better with him at guard and Nestor tackle, probably want to see that soon. So it might have been good for him to get in. I understand, hey, let him rest. And make sure he is as healthy as possible Thursday, because that comes fast. I'm not sure we've seen a whole lot of Jordan White at right guard to be sure that that's the best combination. And again, think of it this way: if you assign everybody in the offensive line in of value, uh, one through ten, um, what's the highest value combination? You know, what is Nestor at right tackle versus right guard? Is he a, a nine versus a six? Um, is he a nine versus a seven? We'll see. I don't know, but like, coincidentally, you also have him involved in the other part where. What's Jordan White's value? What is DeQuay's Hubbard value? Um, How they get that going, I don't know. And and you're right, today at times when it was good on good, that wasn't encouraging, I don't think. And again, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but this is not a grand scheme kind of game. You really look at small snapshots here, and that's when I think it probably does have to be highlighted. Not a lot of negativity on offense. We're looking hard and we're maybe being mean, but I do think that's a valid
2: observation. Did you have any other concerns on offense before I move to defense? Where the heck has Preston Fox been? At some point, like, I get it it that he plays, you know, the same spot as Bryce Ford Wheaton, right? Like, and it's hard to take Ford Wheaton off the field right now because he's playing extremely well. But at some point, I think you have to find a spot for Fox when he does it in practice always. He did it in the spring game. He does it in the scrimmages. Whenever he gets, you know, he gets into an actual game and does it there. So it, there seems to be a pattern going on here. Yeah, punt return too. And again, against the good punt return
1: team from Towson, because I paid attention to this, but I'm pretty sure they had all their guys on their punt return team. I doubt very much they're subbing out their punt return package to get their backups reps on the punt on the punt team. Uh, whereas Fox had backups he's worked with. Now maybe those are guys that he works with, but that's not the best protection he has out there. He didn't have a great alley. He made a 27-yard return of it, and the and the touchdown catch is from Marquio, who's pretty gifted. And it's about as good as it can be. How many snaps a game can he play? I don't know. He hadn't played offense before today, uh, this season. So where do you get him out there? When do you get him out there? I don't know. But I know he can play inside, and he's actually listed as an inside receiver. So it was odd that he was outside, especially when it looked like they were trying to feed Cortez, Bram, and Jeremiah Aaron today to speed them up. So that was good. But again, not a critique, but I just saw him pop off the page again. And that seems to be the thing with me. And I just don't know why he wouldn't give him a spin against a good team. And maybe he's earned that today. That was one thing that Brown said. And he was kind of pressed on. You know, hey, we saw some guys. We got some good looks. We're going to figure out if we can use so many people moving forward. Well, what does that look like, especially against a team like this? I mean, for lack of a better phrase, if you want to personify it, it looks like Preston Fox, a guy who made a splash play on special teams. Uh, he's on the kickoff team, I believe. Um, kickoff return team uh, and then hey receiver two wherever you put him, looks like he can do something so good hands reliable hand probably somebody you can trust who else did they find we'll find out on film when they review and you might need more people thursday because it turns around so fast and that recovery is hard to find so if you built up some reserves today hey good that's part of the point of this exercise today yep
2: uh speed speed through running through my other notes again like there just wasn't much and and i'm i'm trying not to uh talk about the other sides of the ball as as, and and extend this podcast as long as the broadcast extended west virginia's game today um made note defense again looked good sharp a lot of energy uh zeroed there was a it was like eight minutes eight plus minutes left in the third quarter and that was when second and third stringers were going in on defense and Towson had zero net rushing yards. Zero. When West Virginia subbed out their first-team defense. That's amazing. Um, special teams, that's, you know, one bad punt return early, better punt return later, kickoff return for a touchdown. That that just looked like a disaster. It looked like there was a mix-up on what was called because it looked like uh, Grotthaus was kicking short left, trying to pin to that corner, but then West Virginia's the rest of West Virginia's kickoff unit was going right because there were only three West Virginia players on that third of the field with four Towson blockers and the guy running the ball. So I don't... eh, Hey, kudos to finally finding a crummy ESPN3 Big 12 Now camera angle where they put the camera right behind the kickoff returner. So it was just plain as day to see uh, from afar. Um, And one other note was the other... Oh, yeah. Kudos to the fans, Mike. I mean, we, Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't joke on here. I mean, I was dead serious. I I thought that this week might be so, so bad with attendance that they would push for the record worst home attendance, you know, in decades or maybe ever, like as far as Mountaineer field is concerned, but I thought it'd be 30 to 35,000. You know, I think, I think the lowest I saw going back was like 31,000. I believe That was Iowa state back in 2013. Um, the, the four and eight year, but it was. Did they release an official number? It was, I mean, over, you 50, it was 000. over fifty thousand. Over fifty thousand. Yeah, and I mean, it, it looked like it on TV, and you said it looked like it there in the press box too. So, kudos to the fans for you know still showing up. Uh, fifty thousand seven hundred and three, and I would I believe that. I believe it's it, Chris. I I do too. I mean, again, it it looked like it was full full ish on TV
1: some some notations here for me first time was six rushing touchdowns since 2007 the western michigan game so that's pretty good and the first time 300 rushing and 300 passing since the 2016 win against texas tech is that the last time they won there no they won in 18 right yeah okay but anyways that was 48 17 300 passing 300 rushing west virginia does that today all four quarterbacks lead a touchdown drive a pair of 100 yard rushers and spread the wealth on offense on the receiving side of it. It wasn't a Bryce Ford, Wheaton All-Star game, but didn't have to be. Um, and again, they, they developed some. They, they they at least got a couple players out there and let them use their their uh, their practice time to their advantage. And that's again when you're when you're spinning around four different quarterbacks, you're going to have a lot of different receivers in there too. So hey, good for them. And we'll see how much this carries forward uh, Thursday again. Twenty-seven-seven Virginia Tech beats Wofford, West Virginia, sixty-five to seven beats Towson. If I do my math, West Virginia should win by 38 points. Is
2: that right? I think I think fans will take that. Sign up right now, now, right? Yep. Anything else, sir? No, that's it for me. I think uh, I, I'll go ahead and call it now. I don't think we've discussed this now, but uh, given the short week, I believe we're going to be skipping right past the Q&A podcast because I think we're going to be doing a preview podcast and then I'll be doing a Virginia Tech uh, a little podcast with our Virginia Tech guys. So I'm not sure we're going to get a Q and A about this Towson game. Uh, I plus, I don't want to ruin the streak of record-setting questions asked because I just don't think we're going to get that many after this game. Oh, you think Tech will fire up the fans? I, I think I think the Tech game, one way or another, will will keep the the questions rolling in. I mean, don't be hey, don't be afraid to ask some questions on the board. Mike and I are still there. We're going to be posting, but I think we may just skip that part of the pad because with this short week. We got to get on the preview podcast early. We can't wait till Wednesday or Thursday to do that one. Let me uh let me just throw this out as catnip. Are you ready? Yep.
1: Had a message from a secret admirer. That I sent to you, right? Yes. Instructions to meet somebody at a clandestine place today.
2: The Jerry to West about,
1: Lounge to talk about the big issues in the football program. It was it was very it was very all the president's men. Love it. Had a okay. couple of those, it turns out, actually, too. So uh, I'm armed with intel now. I can answer all the questions, but I can't tell you how I know this stuff, too. So you'll just have to trust me on this. As always, you just got to close your eyes and hold your nose and see if I can lead you to the promised land. We'll see.
2: Hey, I'll, I'll take it. I'll be the first one to bite, Mike. All right. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza, And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you next time.